What's up, everybody? This is Angelo coming at you with episode 195 of Spinning Thoughts. We have premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Those episodes become available on all podcast platforms the following Monday. We're on all social media at Spin Thoughts, and our website is thespinningthoughts.com. We are getting into the groove of the new year. It is a new decade. 2020 is looking so, so good. For a lot of reasons, the new music that is already out, that is slotted to drop, there's a lot to be excited about. And in this particular episode, I'm hoping to get you even more excited about a particular band that may or may not be having some things coming down the pipeline in 2020 in terms of new music. If you want to know what I'm talking about, you're just going to have to stick around for this whole episode. I promise it will be worth it. All right, so I am very, very excited to introduce to everybody my very special guest for episode 195. This is not the first time that this band has been represented on the podcast. And I say it all the time. It's so awesome to have a repeat guest on the show. To me, that's one of the biggest compliments we can get at Spinning Thoughts. It means that we didn't fuck it up the first time. And I'll make sure to not fuck it up this time. Everybody say hello to Bryce Marshall. He is the guitarist from Telltale. Bryce, how's it going, brother? Hey, how's it going, man? It's going well, going well. I want to dive in. We've got a lot to talk about. And uh, just to tease, you know, the bands, you guys, bands always tease. You know, you give clips and teasers to build up the hype. I want to build up the hype before we actually talk about the hype because I'm under the impression here soon. We're going to talk about some really exciting things that are slotted for the band in 2020. So if you're listening right now and you are interested in knowing what the hell I'm talking about? You're going to just have to sit around and listen for a little bit longer. But there is some cool things that we're going to talk about. First, and according to my in-depth research, the band signed with Sharp Tone Records, which is a record label that I really, really uh, do enjoy. A lot of really amazing artists uh, are on that label. So you signed to it in March of 2019. This was just right ahead of the debut release for the label uh, via Timeless Youth uh, that dropped in April of the same year. So, Bryce, how did the band get lined up with Sharptone, and what was that whole experience like getting signed to a band? From what I understand, this is the first signing for the band. Yeah, correct. Uh, first first signing for us. Um, you know, working with Sharptone and, and getting even found and discovered by Sharptone uh, was in a way a process, but also, you know, there's, there's a little bit of luck with, with everything. And so I definitely think that played into it too, but you know, we, we went out and we wanted to record our initial release um, back in 2017. So summer 2017 is when we made contact with uh sharp tone, or I guess it might've been like August. So maybe early fall, late summer. And was, um, was that but, with the good intentions EP? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's when we made like first contact and really started, uh, talking with them and figuring things out and things got very serious went with uh after i guess that would have been 2018 was the the tour with uh cellular scores and sink the ship and who, who were a part of sharp uh, right i know it's like if, if you were really paying attention you, you saw it coming a long time ago um so you know that that ended up coming and then things just got as serious as it could be and it was just like hey cool 
We like what you did with this. We want you to do it again, but better go. Uh, and you know, uh, just getting that offer and the opportunity to work with a label like Sharp Tone, who honestly has some of my favorite bands in, in the, you know, the industry and in the scene right now, uh, was pretty, pretty freaking cool. Can't even, can't even deny it. Yeah, Sharp Tone is doing a lot of really good things. They're they're definitely up there as one of my favorite uh, labels. There's a lot of diversity on it. Uh, from what I understand, a lot of it uh, like leans a little bit more into like the more like technical pop punk, like that straddles almost like that line into just like a heavier, almost like post hardcore kind of deal. Not everybody applies to that, and you know, applying genres isn't always. Uh, an easy endeavor, but I just, I really like what the label does, and it is very, very cool, I'm sure, to be a part of that as a band. Now, you said here that you initially reached out to Sharptone in, in, you know, maybe late 2017, uh, when Good Intentions, the EP, uh, was maybe due to drop. Was it always... Sharp Tone. I mean, were you shop, shopping around to to any other labels prior to signing with Sharp Tone? I mean, we had loosely kind of reached out to some other people, but the Sharp Tone just had a vibe. And uh, uh, our A and R, who had worked with us, Sal, he, uh, you know, he just had the vibe. He's like, "Hey, man, I, hey, man, hey, guys, whatever." He backed what we were doing. He said, "I really like this song." I, he really liked Bloodwall a lot. Um, and he was like, I like this and here's why. And we were like, cool. That's why we like it too. And so we were kind of just on the same page with him and on the same page, uh, with Shark Tone as a whole and just about what we wanted to do. And they were cool with, you know, they I think they're like, they had some slogan, a lot of their, I'm sure it still is like your music, your life or something. And, you know, when we were looking up the label, cause you want to just see everything that the label has going on and what they look like on paper you know, talk to some other people in the industry that we had known that maybe had worked with any of the other bands on Shark Tone, see what they had to say. And, you know, it was just good things, good things, good things. Everybody liked uh, the team that they have and the people that got working with them. And so everything just kind of like felt right. It was like, let's go, let's do this. Like, so in, in, cool in a music uh, community now that really, really is DIY, um, whether that's due to necessity or almost like a, like like a resurgence of like the indie you know underdog kind of band a lot of bands these days are not signing to labels you know, maybe they're just not getting signed but you know uh, a, a lot of bands aren't going that route for whatever reason uh is signing to a label still something to pursue i'd do it again um, <laughs> you know like I, I i truly would uh you know because i guess you don't have to, uh, obviously. And, you know, that's something I said a while ago with, with uh, somebody else kind of asked this question about, like, signing to labels and, and what's really the, the deal. Uh, you know, like, the music industry isn't a, a very rigid thing. Uh, for some people, you know, signing to a, a small label or even a massive label or some, some guy in, in, the, in, in the middle will do what's best for your career. And for some people, through a label, you don't need it. You know what you're doing you got the right funding, you got the right, you know, maybe you have a management team behind you or anything that's able to help you and figure out what it is you want to do with your sound, your brand, your image, your band, you know, all, all of it. Uh, but some people, uh, you know, you need a little assistance, a little guidance. Uh, some label structure is very, we're going to let you do your thing and we'll give you feedback and okay, cool. Sounds good. Like as long as we're doing what we want to do and we back, it and believe what we're doing, then they're stoked and happy to be a part of it as well, uh, which is something I really love about working with them compared to, you know, some horror stories you, you hear every now and then just from assorted people, you know, I guess I don't want to purposely like call people out, but I mean, uh, the data remember stuff um, yep. with victory, like, you know, like I wasn't there. I don't really know the logistics of it, but you know, you, you hear things sometimes and it's like, Oh, that's a little sketchy. Yeah. But you know, uh, sharp tones very you know as, as long as we're making our music how we want to do it and are ready to push it and back it and believe in it 100 they do too so and, and you're kind of uh reading my mind here uh and i want to expand on what you were just saying uh with this uh kind of question so what is the working relationship 
that the band has with sharp tone because it, as you mentioned you hear bands uh with horror stories at times and uh, spinning thoughts in myself. We're, we are not in the business of of throwing anybody under the bus because everything is so situational and you just never know exactly what the details are unless you are part of the conversations. Uh, Water Parks is a band that comes to mind and I don't want to mention the label because you know, I work with the label and, and, and I actually enjoy a lot of the bands on the label and reference. But uh, you know, you hear things like that often. So what is the working relationship that Telltale has with Sharptone? Like, are they are they heavily involved, like, in your, maybe not day-to-day, that's, like, really, like, micromanaging, but you get what I'm saying. Like, are they really involved in that kind of stuff? Like, are they telling you when you have to record new music? Do they want to hear it? And do they give feedback prior to a release if it if it uh goes against what you all want like is there a is there a battle almost between that like what is the true dynamic between and all you can really speak to is telltale and sharp tone right yeah you know with with all that i'd say you know sharp tone i'm not getting a text or a phone call or an email you know none of us are getting direct contact 24 7 all the time like they don't want it we don't want it ain't nobody got time for that <laughs> Uh, you know, but they're, they're just there when we need them. If we have a question, even if it's something that, you know, might seem super dumb and stupid, um, they'll, they'll answer it. You know, like we're a younger band and are just kind of really getting into the industry and everything. So we have questions sometimes that, that vary from being super in depth and like, yeah, I don't even have an answer to this. Like, I don't really get what you're asking to like, Oh yeah, this just means that. Or like, yeah, you should just email this guy or he can take care of it. She's got you, whatever. Like, you know, like if we need them, we reach out. They'll help us out with whatever it is we need. Uh, if we don't, they're they're there when we need them to be though. Um, yeah, I, I, every label's got their own thing and, and own vibe. And like you said about things being circumstantial, I think a good label knows bands that they need to be super heavily involved with and doing things with and bands that are kind of just doing things on their own and being a younger band, like to an extent, even if sharp tone really does want to be involved, they also kind of have to let us have some space to develop ourselves Yeah. as not only who telltale is, what telltale is, but who are the people that are in telltale, you know, like if we have some dude in the suit, I don't, I don't think, I mean, maybe some, maybe Sean wears a suit. I don't know. Um, you know, I don't think they're chilling over there in suits, just waiting to push our buttons and be like, Hey, you need to do this and do this and do this. Like, you're going to look just like this or act just like that. They're not doing that, but you know, like everything's circumstantial. And there's some bands that might kind of need that to get where they're going. And there's some bands that don't. So like, we're still developing and figuring out who and what telltale is. And I think we've got a pretty good direction with, uh, you know, now that we've put out Thomas youth and are, are looking ahead a bit. Um, as to what it is we want and and they're on board. So, you know, things are going good. And, and honestly, you know, my first introduction to telltale was right around the time when the announcement, uh, occurred that you signed to sharp tone. And then of course, when timeless youth dropped, not, not long after, um, I, mm-hmm. I want to say our, my can, uh, Canadian contributor, one of them, uh, Dan Boyer, I believe that, uh, he covered the EP with a review. It's available on our website, thespinningthoughts.com, and you should check it out because uh, lots of kind words were said, and it is a great, great release. So uh, let's talk about Timeless Youth then. The EP dropped in April of 2019. I always really like to dive in a little bit uh, with any of the guests on the show and talk about their latest like collection of of music because whether it's an EP, a three song kind of, you know, single collection or a full on LP, this shit is not easy to do. It is not easy to write a song, to have it all come together with multiple different people and then record it and have it sound the way that you want it to sound. I'm sure a lot of you, if not all of you in the band, maybe are perfectionists. There's money involved. There's sweat equity. There's just so many interesting facets to releasing music. So I'm curious, Bryce, how long was the band actually working on Timeless Youth prior to its release? You, I've talked to bands where they have sat on mute, like not just like a single, 
but like a full collection of music for over a year, even up to two years. What was it like with Timeless Youth? Uh, so, yeah, like I said, uh, initial contact with Sharp Tone around uh, fall-ish, late summer 2017. And so when that happened, it was pretty immediate, the writing process for, our, you know, an EP that would come out in or mid-ish uh, April, I guess, you know, uh, 2019. But we were in the studio and done with it summer 2018, around June, July. And so we sat on Timeless Youth for, what, was that 10 months, 11 months, something like that? Um, you know, so I, I mean, it was a process for sure. So and was it, was it, up. sorry, Bryce, go ahead. No, you're, you're good. You're good. So the question then that I have is, was Timeless Youth recorded, written, whatever you want to call it, was it written like as per Sharp Tone saying, uh, yo, we want to get like a fresh release out of you if we're going to sign you or was the band going about this with the hope and intention of shopping it around and getting the deal? Uh, fresh release, fresh release. Okay. Was, hey, we're going to do this. Like it's telltale and sharp tone. Let's, let's like flame out some new music, what you got. And uh, yeah, so Timeless Youth actually was initially a, a longer release, but we we wanted to dial it back a little bit uh, to be able to, you know, put stuff that we felt better matched a good transition from good intentions, our initial release to timeless youth to then, you know, singles after timeless youth. But it, it was a process doing it. And like you said, like there's a lot of time, energy and effort that goes into writing music uh, in general. And, you know, just recording alone is usually, uh, you know, um, a day in the studio, usually accounts to a minute of like a record link. Um, so uh, yeah. So like a 30 minute album guaranteed 30 days recording oh, yeah. it. Um, yeah. So stuff like that. And that's just like actually recording it. That doesn't count pre-production. If you do any of that stuff, uh, maybe you do a writing session with your same producer or a different producer to just, you know, pull some ideas and get some cool thoughts from other perspectives and other mindsets on a track um and even just like sitting in your bedroom with a guitar or you know uh, a bass or whatever it is you do for your own writing process that doesn't count any of that so like a lot goes into everything even just like a single three minute song it's 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 crazy and sometimes it, it's super overwhelming but at, in the end you know after you put it out is like really when it's like Ah, I did it. I don't know. It's a really good feeling. Dude, it, it, the music lives on forever. And and to me, that's like just the most amazing, impactful portion of it. No matter what happens to the band, the people in it, and I'm not just referencing Telltale, just in general. Like, you see bands break up. Unfortunately, you see uh, members of bands, uh, you know, pass on and it, the music though lives on forever. And it's, you know, I actually think that that probably has some sort of like theme relevance to timeless youth, uh, overall, uh, briefly, Bryce, I'm curious though, the, the dynamic of every band and how they actually approach the writing process is so intriguing to me. There's always some small nuances that are so specific to the band. Sometimes you, you can catch some commonalities, what is the writing process for Telltale? Maybe it has evolved. Maybe it changes. I don't know. Uh, but that is what I'm curious on. Is there like a main songwriter? Is this a collective experience with everything? Give us just uh, some uh, small details on that. You know, for for us, it's, it's all hands on deck, honestly. Like, you know, Travis and, and John uh, aren't, you know, fret wizards or anything and, and can't play guitar in the fashion that I would for when writing music for, for Telltale, but they can pluck their way around more than enough to convey ideas and things. And Tim plays guitar as well, uh, in addition to bass and Telltale. But, you know, like everybody presents something, you know, I might write technically, you know, 60% of the song and everybody else does the other 40%. I might write 10% of one song and everybody else does 90% of the song. Uh, you know, even lyrically, sometimes, you know, John, uh, John does the majority, but uh, Travis will pitch in and do a verse. I'll pitch in and do a verse. Tim, Tim's uh, honestly, I'm pretty sure the main 
uh, focal point of, of hereditary. Uh, that, that all was a story uh, regarding Tim and his life. But, you know, everybody just, you pitch in, like, if something doesn't sound right lyrically or doesn't, like, the flow of the verse doesn't go as well, you know, you pitch in, you hit up a thesaurus or whatever to come up with a better word, anything like that, you come up with a better chord. Uh, I'm not a drummer at all. You know, I can tap a cool little beat or, you know, make some <laughs> noises and stuff. But, you know, it's nothing like Travis when he's like, all right, well, I'm trying to, like, do this and fit this gap and make it accent what you're doing on the guitar or the vocals or whatever and change the dynamic and stuff and keep the groove going and you know keep the tempo of the song upbeat even though like this drops out and then this comes in and like that's when it really gets like cool because like although i'm not the best drummer travis isn't the best guitar player tim's not the best you know lyricist or whatever in the band everyone's doing it and you know so it's not really a telltale song unless everybody's kind of sat looked at it and been like okay i see what you're going for here's what i would do to make it better and then you know maybe that initial idea doesn't stay but then it goes back to the other one i mean god it's just it's back and forth all the time you know things get sent back and forth things get said back and forth sometimes you're like angry you're like oh that's not what i wanted for the song oh but you know then you're like oh wait a second like that's yeah that's pretty cool hold up we're on to something here boys like I don't know. It's really cool to just work together and stuff. You know, it, it starts typically as a solo venture with a short little demo or whatever, but then builds into a full, full demo, uh, all parts included. So I don't know. It's really cool. Was there a like song, was there a song off timeless youth that was more challenging than the others to either write or actually lay down the tracks in the studio? at least for you, or maybe you can speak for the band. I don't know if there was one that stands out. Honestly, like open songs, like hereditary was a little, a little difficult. Uh, it had some fairly strenuous, uh, vocal parts at the very end when John like really belts it. Um, and being in a more open guitar part, you know, not being as heavily distorted and, and I guess grungy and stuff tonally, uh, you know, every note has to be perfectly articulate and, and whatnot. Um, so tracking hereditary was a, a little bit of a process. Uh, letting go, uh, also a process, because um, that just had a different vibe compared to most of the stuff. You know, Daisy is is very fast, energetic, timeless youth, fast, energetic, as with Bokeh. Um, but everything else, some of those other tracks were just a little bit different. So they they took a little more, a little more care. Now, is there a song in, in a similar vein? Is there a song that you personally are most proud of off of Timeless Youth? And if so, why? Ooh, great question. Uh, you know, I'm going to Timeless Youth, the, the title track, because uh, I, you know, what, 2017, fall 2017, I was still uh, in school at Christopher Newport down in. Uh, the beach area, Newport News of Virginia, kind of where John grew up, uh, roughly. And I wrote that sitting, you know, at, at, at my little desk dorm, um, hanging out and knowing like, Hey, there's this big label that like really wants to do some cool stuff with you guys. Like you should write a cool song. And, you know, so like getting that song from my college dorm that I'm not in anymore to a studio and, now into people's ears and on a CD and things like that and whatnot. It, it was just really cool. And I'm glad that, you know, I was able to keep some of those fast elements of, you know, I guess punk in general and have a little aggression with the bridge um, and make a really cool, fun, energetic track to set it all off. We have premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe radio. Those episodes become available on all podcast platforms the following Monday. We're on all social media at Spin Thoughts, and our website is thespinningthoughts.com. So, Bryce, we've been talking a lot about the latest collection of music from the band, Timeless Youth, which was released in April of 2019. The band didn't stop there with new music because there were two other singles that released in 2019 what a shame in september and then breathe in october so my question to you bryce is this if there were a few singles that were released after 
timeless youth. Are there any more that are out there that we may be able to hear soon? There, there's, there's one, there's one more that, you know, we've got, um, you know, maybe, maybe we're going to be able to drop that and, and put that out, um, before other things, or maybe we'll do those other things and it'll include this, this other track. Um, I, I really don't know. And, and that's kind of the beauty about it. You know, like we, we can kind of feel and vibe when the time is right. And, and it felt, you know, with things, other things that were going on with the band, uh, it felt right to put out what a shame and, and breathe at, at those points in time. Uh, and right now, you know, like it doesn't quite feel like it's, it's time for this next track. In my opinion, you know, you could ask somebody else in the band and they'll be like, it should have been out forever ago. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Like, I don't know, but you know, everything that we do, there's a method to our madness. Um, even if it doesn't seem like it and sitting on music is quite difficult. Uh, especially this last track. Uh, I didn't initially like this track, um, from the get go back when we, you know, wrote and recorded it. I, this, this one was the one I was the most like, Oh, hell no. Like, no, 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 no. Um, but you know, honestly, it, it grows on you. And, and like I said, like we needed to figure out how to get from A to Z and, and give stepping stones. Like I, myself as, as a creator, as a musician needed that. And I think the rest of the band did too, like having different tracks, like what a shame has hints of what stuff on timeless youth sounds like, but at the same time, like it's kind of its own thing as with breeze too, you know, like we really wrote these other three tracks that are kind of just, they're their own thing. And, and that's another factor as to why they ended up not necessarily being a direct part of timeless youth as an EP. All right. So you, you may be alluding then to where I'm heading next. So as we were setting up this interview, uh, you guys, the band, uh, mentioned that, that you all have some really exciting things coming down the pipeline in 2020. So my attention uh, had had peaked. And um, so rumor has it that there may be a follow-up to last year's Timeless Youth EP and maybe on a larger scale. But you're, you're, you're loosely referencing another single that I haven't heard a, a title to or anything. Um, and, and I'm also under the impression, Bryce, that there is a release-ready uh, song that at any moment uh, could be dropped. Is that the single that you were just talking about? This release that is ready? the one I was just talking about. Yeah. Does it have a title? And is is that title something you could tell me on Spinning Thoughts? Ooh, I don't know if. So it has I a title. Don't know. I didn't even thought about that. It has, oh yeah, 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 it has a title. Like, but you don't know if you can tell the very, very that? kind host of Spinning Thoughts. Oh, let's see. Hold up. Let's <laughs> let's, uh, let's see. Um, it's. I'm trying to think of, I'm, I'm going to do you one better. I'm trying to think of what we, it was called. Oh, it, ha- it had a name before a, the name that it currently yes, has. Yes, hold up. I'm going to find this. Uh, I'm, I'm on my laptop right now, actually. I can find the, the OG, you know, demo version. I almost think that track. that's better than you telling me what its current name is, is knowing exactly, what it right? was before. So, you, I mean, you're buttering me up, my friend. Oh, I got you. Uh, let's see. It was, oh, oh wait. Yep. It's in the folder called Best Demos. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready for this? Please. I'm I'm literally on the edge of my seat. Telltale Rough 3. Rough? Telltale Rough 3. So rough as in R-O-U-G-H and then 3 as in like a take or something like that? Exactly. All right. And it's no longer called Rough. No. Okay. You know what? I'm a fan of surprises, and so I won't push from there. I, I'm actually really stoked that you gave me a little insight to what it was once called. And Bryce, whenever this track does drop, whatever it's called now and whenever it does drop, I think it'd be a cool conversation. Maybe not a 45-minute conversation like I'm going to hold you to here. <laughs> but I think it might be a cool conversation to discuss why it had Rough as the title, why it changed to what it is, and a little bit more detail on the song. But I am going to press you as much as I can on this uh, little bit of information that I teased at the beginning. So Telltale is, you guys are telling me 
that there is potential, and I'll let you speak to the likelihood of that potential, of a full length, a debut full length, if I'm correct, from Telltale in 2020. Give me some fucking details. All right. So, you know, we've we've been quiet on the touring aspect of things, and so pretty much if a band goes quiet on that regard, they got to be doing stuff at home, which means... They're writing music. Yep. So, yeah, you know, we've been working pretty hard at writing stuff since, well, a, a long time. You know, we're constantly always writing something, but, you know, it, it's gotten pretty heavy uh, the past three, four months ever since we slowed down. Um, I mean, we played like 80, 90 shows last year, something Whoa, like that. I don't know. I didn't realize it was that many. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I might be wrong. Uh, don't necessarily quote me, but. I won't, but the podcast lives on forever, forever, forever. Good, good. (laughs) Quote me on it then. All right. Redacted. Um, Yeah. We we toured a pretty decent amount last year for the size of a band that we are. And, uh, you know, touring in a van definitely gives you different perspectives on things, uh, on life, on being in a band, on relationships, on friendships uh, on everything on your diet <laughs> yep you know so i feel like the fact that we were able to tour fairly heavily over the last year and on the ep uh allowed us to make something better you know it gave us more perspective and uh pushed our our own minds and what we want to do creatively with our music you know um as i've been saying uh, throughout this whole thing, you know, like we wanted stepping stones the whole way through. We know that we want Telltale to continue to evolve and and change things up. Uh, however, we're really feeling and vibing, you know, like if it feels right, if the track feels right and the the vocals fit over it, the lyrics are, are great and they connect with us and we believe they're probably going to connect with other people, uh, you know, like as long as we're into it, and we're really vibing it it's something we're going to pursue and do. Like, even if it's, I always joke that uh, all four of us, we really, we really like metalcore. And it's, it's funny when, you know, sharp tone records, haha, metalcore, blah, 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 all that mm-hmm. stuff. But, you know, like I've always joked about doing uh, a metalcore track, you know, <laughs> and there's no reason that telltale can't get heavier. There's oh, no reason of course they, it's, they're ready for it. Good, exactly. See, and we, we set it up. What a shame, a little bit lighter a little bit heavier you know who knows what's going to happen um we're you know we're we're just excited to continue to push what it really is to be the band telltale you know there's there's more to it than just some uh, uh some punk beats or uh a cool little heavy breakdown in the bridge of a song or whatever you know there's sing-alongs there's vibes there's cool production elements that, you know, unless you're sitting there listening to with your fancy headphones, your, you know, your big cannons over your ears, your bows or whatever <laughs> you're rocking, um, you might not pick up on the first listen. You know, there's there's stuff and everything that, you know, the more you listen, you'll figure it out. You know, you might realize uh, lyrically something on a new track is a lot more straightforward than you think it is, uh, you know, and it's not super deep. It's just fun wordplay, but it's something we enjoy creating. Um, but we're just really excited to, you know, be kind of coming to the end of, of the whole writing phase and, and setting the eyes, uh, on the next step, which is, is going to be recording it. Um, and we're, we're getting close to all that stuff. We don't have anything locked in quite yet, but we are going to be going back to, uh, Zach Jones, who did the, uh, the EP and, and the singles, uh, from the Timeless Youth Session. Uh, we're, which we're really excited about, you know, Zach, Zach played a big part in, in helping us figure out what it is we like when we're making our music and what we don't like. Uh, and, you know, he's, he, everybody says the producers, you know, like the fourth or fifth guy in the band. Uh, yep. and he is, you know, like your record sounds to an extent, like what your producer can produce out of you, uh, more than anything. Like, yes, he has to. Uh, produce things in, in his uh, workspace, you know, in, in Pro Tools or Logic, whatever he's rocking. But he's also got to produce the content to get into it. He's got to help you sit there and think things through and, you know, find the right key and the right setting for a song. Because just because you're rocking things, uh, you know, 
in in one spot on the fretboard doesn't mean it fits the best there vocally with everything you know maybe it doesn't fit there and you gotta go up gotta go down you gotta blend everything do everything to make the best song you can and you know zach was able to do that very well and you know he's a good friend of ours uh you know we i love watching his uh his band uh back in the day play shows we played uh their record release show uh, at telltale a couple years ago and that was exciting and it's just i don't know he's, he's just like he's our dude he's our guy very good friend and excited to keep going on this journey with him I have two yes or no questions. Literally, I'm not asking for you to expand on these. They are yes or no, and then we're moving on. Number one, is there a title for this potential full-length album that is being thrown around? No, not really. Okay. And then the last yes or no question is, and this is kind of like almost like, think about it like a true or false. If there's anything false about it, then, then it's false, right? It can't be true. Will this full-length album that we're loosely talking about, will it drop in 2020? I guess technically the answer would be like it falls. Like there is a potential for it not to. Uh, going back on, on what I've said again before, man, like if, if it feels right and it feels like this is the right time to push forward with something, then it's time, you know, like, you never want to just toss something out there. And as much as it sucks sitting on music, uh, we've been sitting on some tracks for, a, I, I know, you know, almost two years at this rate, you know, this last one, um, we can, we can sit for a while. If, if there's a right time and a right place for everything. And, you know, the hope is it's in 2020. That's the plan. I don't see why not at this point in time, but maybe as we're recording it, something else comes down the pipeline, uh, you know, a different tour opportunity, uh, anything, you know, a different way to make sure that this new record gets the attention that it deserves. You know, like a lot of us have things going on in, in personal lives and, you know, like I don't want to interfere with something somebody else has going on. Like I don't want to throw extra stress on somebody. Like I personally would kind of freak out if all of a sudden it was just, like, I'm getting married in, in July of this year. And I'd freak out if all of a sudden it's like, cool, we record the record. Let's just put it out like the week right after all that. I'd be like, hey, there's this a lot going on. Like, let's let's figure things out. You know, like that's a pretty accelerated timeline anyway. But, um, you know, things like that, other things that are going on in people's lives, there's way more to it than just the songs themselves and yeah. even the band itself, you know? You, I really, so. I really, really respect you, Bryce, for this being our first conversation. Uh, you come off very, very savvy to the industry, and and it really seems, for not knowing you guys in Telltale, other than what I listened to in the music and now this conversation, the one that Dan had with you all in episode 172, uh, it seems like you all really respect each other in the band. And to me, uh, that doesn't always happen. And I, I think that the longevity of Telltale uh, will exist as long as uh, the four of you want it to. Yeah. I, I definitely think there's potential for that. Uh, there's there's no reason for there not to be. I mean, I know that I annoy the three of them to no end sometimes. And I know that some of them, all of them annoy me at some time. And we definitely push each other to the point where sometimes it's just like, wow, I wish you would just shut up. Um, but you know, that's what you get out of living in a van with somebody for a month long tour. You really learn a lot about each other, what people like, what people don't like. And, uh, you know, it, it makes your friendship better. And, and like you said, sometimes it makes, uh, makes things worse. But at the end of the day, like all four of us really want nothing more than to continue with telltale in, in pushing ourselves as friends first and foremost, you know, and, as musicians, like at the end of the day, like if the four of us aren't making music as Telltale, like I don't know what it would be like. I don't envision Telltale as any four other people. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But you know, that's that's not in the cards right now. Everybody is ungodly excited to be hanging out and making music together as as friends. And conveniently, we're also four friends that play in a band called Telltale. So it all works out, you know. Um, yeah. We have premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Those episodes become available on all podcast platforms the following Monday. 
We're on all social media at Spin Thoughts, and our website is thespinningthoughts.com. We've been talking to Bryce from Telltale about everything Telltale. And now you, there, we are actually rounding out to the back end of this episode. And I feel like we just started talking. This is the this is what sucks about having a podcast. There's just never enough time. So I, I really, really briefly just want to reference um, one little thing. And then I, I have to talk about uh, a, a few music videos. I have to. Uh, but I do want to reference that when I think of uh, bands in, in this genre that Telltale and, and others uh, kind of uh, reside in, when I think of bands in Virginia, one of the first ones that pops up to me is Broadside. And the band Telltale, you guys got to uh, join Broadside on the Goodbye Paradise tour. It ran uh, like September 19 through the 26th of the same month. Yeah, you actually ended in Pittsburgh, as I'm looking at it here at Craft House uh, yeah. stage. Uh, and and fuck, I wasn't there. God damn it. Um, but uh, briefly, Bryce, what what was the highlight, or what was it like to be on uh, that run with a band that, at least in my opinion, I think is fucking awesome. Yeah, Broadside is amazing. Uh, you know, especially the four of us. They were the the band from Richmond that, you know, signed the record deal, played Warped Tour, went to uh, Europe and, and all these things and did all these great things. And then all of a sudden, you know, the email slides and, hey, if uh, this were to happen, do you want to do it from this state to this state? It was just like, wait a second. That band, Broadside, you're talking about those guys? Like the ones with the, the songs from <laughs> here, you hear? OK, like, yeah, of course. You know, so it was, it was really cool to be able to just even play a, a week's worth of shows uh, with them and get to know them and and you know send off their their second record. I, I know they they've been teasing it for a long time. Uh, new music. I know they've got some stuff coming out. I don't, I don't know what, when, anything, but I'm excited for it. Just as a fan of that band, like they're definitely a band that I look up to um, that had a big impact on me as a dude from the Richmond, Virginia music scene. You know. And so as I was doing, again, some research on Telltale, I came across this quote from uh, Oliver Baxter, the the vocalist of Broadside. And I don't know if you've ever heard this. I'm just going to say it to you and then we're going to move on to something else. I'm not going to give you the chance to really talk to it. But uh, he, he, he says uh, it's an honor to be taking out Telltale as well. They've been getting a lot of buzz in Richmond and we are excited to be playing with another hometown band. I mean, fuck, man. I, I, to me... I would goosebumps and I'm not even I'm not even in telltale and I'm just like shit like that is why broadside is cool as fuck because you know they're lifting up others in the uh in the area that you guys are from and 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 he wasn't lying there is a lot of buzz going on with telltale so as we are gonna talk about the last topic here before we say goodbye I was really, really impressed with the music videos that I was uh, checking out uh, from your band, Telltale. There's there's three. We're only going to talk briefly about two of them, Daisy and Rose. So first, Daisy was re- released in July of 2019. It opens basically saying that you guys invited 50 of your closest friends to a small house in the suburbs of Richmond, Virginia. And seriously... This video is fucking wild. Like, I'm so mad I wasn't there for it. It looked like such a good time. The The real question that I have for you is uh, two questions. And briefly, one, whose house was this recorded in? And did anything get broken? Uh, so it was actually recorded at a, at a house venue here in Richmond. Uh, oh, really? House. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how often... Uh, they do shows there anymore, but you know, it's a, it's a thing. Sometimes it happens. Um, you know, we've played there over the years and other bands and stuff, and we're really excited to be able to, I don't know, you know, we wanted to do a record release show for this, this EP. And we were like, Oh, we could play it here. We could play it there. Oh, that'd be cool. But then it came down to like, well, let's just do something kind of like insane. And, you know, we shouldn't have, done it you know numbers wise like not everybody that wanted to come was able to come which kind of sucks but you know it as you said it made a fairly chaotic environment um we did have more than 50 people there because some you know people just hi they're here yeah they show up 
Um, you know, there was honestly probably closer to a hundred people there. If I was like maybe 80, I don't know. Oh yeah. It, it, it just... looked like more than 50 dude, because in those shots yeah. in the living room, there are people like in the kitchen or whatever extension yeah. of the house that is, yeah, there it, it looked everywhere. wild. It was a great time and it did exactly what we wanted it to do. We wanted to celebrate our EP, uh, in a super close, super intimate setting. And that's something that a venue stage you typically just, you just can't get out of it. Uh, even if there's no barricade or anything like the closeness of, uh, aisle show is something you can't get anywhere else. Um, so that's, yeah, it was super sick. Uh, nothing got broken to my knowledge. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. He, he boards up the windows. I don't know if you can, you might be able to see it in some of the shots. Uh, actually there's one at the beginning. I think you see him literally screwing, uh, with yeah. his, his drill. He's drilling. Yeah. at the window cover. Uh, I didn't know that. They've had, yeah, they've had like, you know, a, a broken window or something happen and any preventative measure they, they try to do it. They can. It, it honestly, I loved that music video. I, it just looked like such a fun time. And I think it's just so representative of the energy that the band actually gives on the stage. I watched a few live performances of the band uh, and it absolutely, absolutely um, correlates. It is analogous. Uh, oh, so the last thing that I want to reference here in the vein of music videos is I was watching a bunch and I ended up watching uh, the one for Timeless Youth, which another another day, another time, because there, there there's a lot going on in that that I wanted to talk about, but there's just not a lot of time. That also was filmed in a house. And, and again, we'll get to that maybe some other day. But I stumbled upon uh, the music video for Rose and breaking out of the house environment for this one. And this is not a slight, what I'm about to say. The production quality of Rose is, I think, really fucking phenomenal. I mean, the other videos, uh, in Timeless Youth, I mean, that one, the, the quality was there too. I think intentionally uh, with Daisy, you know, you wanted it to look like it was a fucking banger, and it was. But the quality of Rose was really, really impressive. It takes a lot of skill, patience, and I'm assuming even more money to make these kinds of videos happen. So the question that I wanted to ask you to, to kind of round out this uh, conversation is I'm impressed with telltale and your music videos, especially that for Rose. What advice would you give to other bands that are looking to make a visual impact with their band and for their fans? Ooh, man, that's a big one. Honestly, you know, don't be afraid to take your jacket off in the cold warehouse in Richmond. Uh, you know, you, to an extent you got to do what you got to do for the shot. It, it was, as you can see in the video, kind of snowing a bit in Richmond, you know, so the whole city shut down. Um, it was very <laughs> cold in this warehouse with absolutely no heat. Um, and, uh, the, the producer for these videos, he, he's done some other work with Shark Gun bands, uh, notably, uh, Alaska. His name's uh, Pavel, really cool guy. Um, and he he was just like, yep. Uh, we're like, cool, we're going to wear our jackets. They're all black too, it matches. And he's like, no, 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 no jackets. <laughs> so we're just freezing in this video. But it's just, don't be afraid to do what you need to do to convey your, your message or your vibe of the video to your audience. You know, like we really wanted this cool, high quality, high production looking video. Um, and we were able to do it on a budget. So yeah. it all worked out. You what guys you, definitely, <laughs> you, you guys definitely did it. It is a very impressive video. I highly encourage and recommend anybody listening to this episode when we sign off, which is going to happen here, like right now, go to YouTube and check out any music video, but specifically Daisy, Timeless Youth and Rose. Um, they are just really, really impressive. Bryce, I've really enjoyed this conversation. We're going to have to do it again. Before we sign off, is there anything that you'd like to add or mention? I'm just really excited for uh, what's going on with Telltale. And, you know, it's going to be a good year for us. And hopefully you guys are going to be able to listen to some cool new stuff and uh, maybe catch us at a show. Absolutely. Bryce, I want to thank you for being here for episode 195 of Spinning Thoughts. Thank you. Once again, I want to thank Bryce from Telltale for being my guest here on episode 195 of Spinning Thoughts.
you can't not love Telltale. The music is great, and the conversation with Bryce, I thought, was great. Let me know what you think on any social media. We're there at Spin Thoughts. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com, and we have premiere episodes every Thursday at midnight Eastern on Adobe Radio. Those episodes become available on all podcast platforms the following Monday. We'll be back again soon. Until next time, make sure you share music, spread love.